So, guys, this is a little bit of a uh, pre-show pep talk to myself. I don't know if I'm going to include this in there. But uh, so tonight, tonight's episode is uh, the first one of the first interviews that that is for my get list with um, with Aaron McGathy. Uh, I couldn't be more pumped about this. And uh, but I'm also nervous as fuck, dude. Like. The, my st- oh my god, it's ridiculous how queasy I am about this. Um, I I didn't expect like the yes uh, that I got from Erin uh, when she said she would, you know, when I asked for the interview. <sighs> and oh god, it's um, now that it's like I've been cool about it all fucking day. And now that we're like a minute before it starts, whew, nervous as fuck, dude. I don't know. This is, oh, it's crazy. It is for sure crazy. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know protocol here because it's, it's set up for 10 o'clock. Um my time i don't know like do i mess it and i don't know how skype works like if someone doesn't accept the message that's when we pop up in the old email and see if i want to be messed up if like they had to reschedule it would be like whew, no longer nervous but uh So I I guess with their (sighs) question mark, you can't tell if they're online. So you think I'd know Skype more since it's like my main medium here. I got, this is the first one that I've got notes for, just for the intro though, just for the intro. <sighs> you know, and I was nervous for Jason Ashley. The first time that we interviewed Jason Ashley, I was I was pretty nervous too, and um, it turned out all right. I mean, we, we're like good pals now. We chat outside of podcasting. Um, I think... I get, I think I'm gonna wait till like ten o two, which is another minute to say to send a message because I, I don't know how it works. Oh, shit. She just signed. Is it like super crazy stalker? If I like, as soon as she signs on and accepts my details, I say, "Hey, how's it going?" Okay, it's now or never, guys. It's now or never. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Just tell people they're awesome and mean. Awesome. 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 Did you have an awesome time? Did you drink awesome shooters and listen to awesome music and then just sit around and soak up each other's awesomeness? Awesome. 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 (laughs) That was awesome. You guys are awesome. No. Welcome to Everything is Awesome. I'm your host, Kevin. This is a show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, This week's guest is uh, someone that uh, I have been, I idolize in in, in a fashion. Um, So uh, the first thing uh, is that we talk tabletop a lot on this show when we have tabletop people on. So way years ago uh, on Harmontown, uh, there was uh, a character, uh, Moraine Sadana, that there was something about the character that like just clicked with me to the point where uh, the catchphrase adventure was like spawned stuff for my character that I started playing recently, spawned like a spec script I think I wrote for a web series, 
but even more so with with what I look at uh, with this with our guest this week that um, someone I look up to is in the podcasting world. Um, this show is a long form interview show, as most people know, and there's three people that like I really look up to in that, and that's our guest this week. Uh, please welcome from uh, both Human Conversation and This Feels Terrible, Miss Erin McGathy. Thank you for doing the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for all the nice words. I'm, I'm so flattered. It's, uh, you know, what I, I don't take notes ever for this show, um, <laughs> but I have notes on, like, for an intro on this, because this, uh, you, like, so we're kind of making history with this show tonight, too. Uh, oh. You are our first female guest. You're also, <laughs> which really I'm doesn't here. matter. But, uh, you're That's also funny. the first person who's like was on my get list. Like I have this show oh, wow. started off as like three years ago. I started developing this podcast as like, oh, let's do a podcast about podcasts where I talk about podcasting. And um, I realized that and, and at the time I was naive, like I thought the podcasting world wasn't big enough to like, no, I shouldn't not big enough. I didn't think I would be able to fit into the community to get like other podcasters, small or large. Um, but re- doing this show, I've learned that that's very different. But still, like, I have a get list. Like, I have my list of people that I know I can probably get. And then the get list, which was like, oh, like, I'll be devastated if this person says no. <laughs> and on a, on Thank a, you so much. Yeah, you're, ma- I, you're making me feel great. I mean, go on. Good, yeah. No, that's, uh, that's what I, this is what this show is about. It's, the, it's to uh, elevate you. Um, and yeah, sure. so, so that was, um, so, so when I sent you the email, like I, I said to myself, this is a mistake. Like I, there's, I could, <laughs> I should have practiced like emails on people that I, that I wanted, but I, if they said no, it wouldn't be a big deal. And yeah, just, um, I, I, for this feels, uh, terrible. I'm, I'm more of a recent listener. Like I went back to your back catalog a little bit and listened, but um, long form interview, I tend to enjoy more like recent stuff. So, so uh, getting into that, um, recently, uh, like instantly, like you jumped up as one of the, like, there's three people that I like kind of now, including you now that I look at as like, man, this is what a podcast should be. Like, I just really enjoy it and really dig you as a personality. Thank you so yeah. much. I, I, it's, it's such funny timing you giving me all these compliments because I'm like, I, I'm very much in a, in kind of a self-conscious uh, era with my podcasting, and uh, yeah, that's that's all. That's that's super super nice. Also, like with asking people to do the show, that causes me so much anxiety. And I thought you did it so so well. I mean, I responded obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which you've now set a bar where I just expect everyone to respond. <laughs> no, uh, but it's literally before we, we connected on Skype here, I uh, like at that five minute countdown, I was all of a sudden I was just like, holy shit, this is ha-, like, like it's, it's uh, this is so I've been podcasting for like 10 years on, on and off at various shows. And like we've always just done like my my uh, expertise is not in interviewing. So the fact that I do a show like this is kind of weird. But um, it- I, I feel the same way, though. I'm, I'm always like always mid interview. I'm always freaking out about what a terrible interviewer I am. Well, and, see, and what I like about um, like sh- people that I think that do this long form uh, interview uh, correctly are ones where it feels like a conversation. Um, mm-hmm. and you're totally one of those people where like, I, it's, I appreciate podcasts, which is much like human conversation where it just sounds like a couple of people talking, like two friends talking two people having just an interesting conversation. And that's mm-hmm. like human conversation. Like you, you and Wayne Fetterman are like, totally like, it sounds like you've been friends for the last 25 years. Um, <laughs> uh, and then with your, with this feels terrible, it's just, it, it, you find a way to make it natural. And that's like the podcast that I dig that can find a natural way to do it. So, um, well, thank you. So, yes. Uh, so, so let's get to the point of the show. And that's uh, kind of like, uh, your origin, um, is kind of where I like to go. Uh, and, uh, you know, I kind of always looked at you up until I went to your uh, website recently as like a stand up comedian. But I really liked how you phrased that you consider yourself like a live performer and, and podcaster, which is like that 
is great. Like, <laughs> people that say, I'm a podcaster, like, that's what I do. Like, that's so great because we're finally in that age where it's recognized or getting recognized as a legitimate yeah. one. So where did, like, the passion for live performance start? I assume it didn't start with, with podcasting since that wasn't, that's only been around for about 10 years. Yeah. Um, well, uh, passion for live performance. I mean, when I was a kid, I really wanted to be an actor and, um, I was a really weird kid. So <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, cast in many productions and, uh, my family moved around a lot. So my, my outlet was mostly like by, by myself reading plays by myself. And then, uh, when I was in high school, we started doing, like my, my drama teacher did like a, like a few days just on improv mm -hmm. and suddenly everything kind of clicked for me. And then I was like, Oh, I want to do comedy mm -hmm. and I was obsessed with improv. And so I, uh, leaned into that and I went to college and I studied acting, but then I dropped out to work at an improv theater and then I moved to LA to do, um, UCB so that I did the UCB and iOS and, uh, yeah, I've also like, I have always loved, uh, broadcasting. And when yeah. I was a kid, I was obsessed with radio plays. Oh yes. Yeah. And with, um, which is something that I always want to, I'm always playing with doing like radio plays with my own podcast. In fact, I've recorded things and then just trash them because I'm like, Oh no, this is bad. But I mean, that's, that's really my ultimate dream is to do like a su super ego sort of thing. That's crazy. That's I like with broadcasting. I'm, I, I kind of have a similar background where, uh, I would say probably at this point I'm, uh, I'm, I'll be 32 this year. So we'll say 16 years ago or so. Yeah, uh, I will also be 32 this year. Yeah, this is going to make me sound like a creepy stalker, but obviously I <laughs> I, I was looking online just to get like very much. I'm a fan of like not knowing anything, uh, yeah. which is hard to do, especially with someone like you who is more out in the open and I'm also a fan of. So I like I naturally just either read about you, listen to your podcast, whatever it is. So I, so I, so I was looking and because I know from just basically listening to you on various podcasts over the last few years i was like i think we're around the same age so i verified that today just for my own i guess stalkerish reasons <laughs> when's uh, your birthday uh july 13th oh, okay very soon yes yes uh, uh it's i feel like i finally hit the point where it doesn't matter anymore like 30 was like okay this is cool um <laughs> do you what do you mean doesn't matter anymore like before every age was like was it was a big milestone? Well, uh, I guess no, not milestones, but like I kind of always made it a big deal. Like, save for like there was a period of like maybe three years in my mid to late twenties where like I was just super depressed and right. like just like I was like, oh, who cares? I'm turning twenty five. <laughs> I'm just gonna kill myself. There's nothing to live for, man. Yeah, I think I think it's like mourning mourning the fact that you're not gonna be a wonderkind. Because I think yeah. that everyone kind of thinks that they're going to be a prodigy at whatever they're doing. And then when it's like, oh, no, I'm just I'm not I'm not. Anyway, and you don't want to be a prodigy anyway. Yeah. Well, and like for especially for me, like I found out when I got happy again was well, hey, it was like I kind of everything happened at the same time. Like I met who's now my fiance. Uh, we have kids together. Uh, so like Jeez. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you're now you're making me feel like garbage. <laughs> now, <laughs> well, I mean, kids multiple. When did? How old were you when you started having kids? Uh, I mean, that's me. I'm happy for you. <laughs> uh, my uh, my son's four and a half, so four and a half years ago, okay. so twenty seven ish. Man, I uh, this is gonna sound like a weird sentence out of context, but I love four year olds. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be isolated for the beginning of the show. No, uh, yeah, you know what? He's he, There was that awkward two to three and a half year old phase where he was a complete dick and like not terrible twos, like something worse. Like he mm -hmm. acted like a teenager. Uh, and now he's like his own person and like uh, like has his own. Per it's it's a. Uh, it's so funny. Cause, yeah. Well, it's funny. If you asked me four and a half, uh, we'll say five years ago, like, well, with the pregnancy six years ago, we'll say I would have said I'm going to wait till I'm 35 to have my first kid. I'm going to maybe have two. Um, and that's it. And now yeah. it's like, I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I want like I want four, if, if not more. But so it's crazy. Like what? I don't know. I, for, it, I just the 
younger Kev would be shocked at what I am now. <laughs> That's always, I, I wish I had a dollar for every time an older, an older woman who's had a kid, not older as in old, but like older than me has pulled me aside and said, Hey, like if you wait till you're ready, it'll never happen. Like, <laughs> like a mysterious witch always <laughs> re kids, like you should do it. You have to do it soon. Well, and that's, that's like, what you say. It's like no one's ever ready, right? Yeah, exactly. And like when we were discussing, like the first one, spoiler alert, not planned. <laughs> um, but uh, the second one was, and like we were discussing it, we we're talking about like let's figure out money. And then like after talking about that for like a couple of days, we said, listen, if we just re- if we keep thinking this way, we're always going to find a reason why we're not ready. Like there's going to be something. So yeah. do it and figure it out. Like fast and reckless. Let's just do it. <laughs> uh, so so that's and now we're at a point where like well we got one of each so we got a boy we got a girl um, that's the best. yeah like it's like the, it's i want another one i want two more but like if we can't have two more for whatever reason like now we can think about money now we can think about like mm-hmm. let's be responsible parents and not like make our kids lives shitty because we just want to have so many babies yeah yeah um but that like all that kind of happened around the time where like uh, 27, I finally was like, you know what? I think I want to be in the entertainment industry in some fashion. Like, I had been podcasting for probably six years at that point. Um, and and I was like, I think, like, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's one of the other idols I have in the podcasting world. But more so, like, even in the in the film world. Like, like I, I mean, he's a fat kid from Jersey. I'm a fat kid from Philly. Yeah. I, I, I can probably do this and it's and it's something that like as i be an, an, a responsible adult i work on but that all kind of happened that got pulled me out of my depression um and i i don't know why that oh so i was a late bloomer in finding out like what i wanted to do like most people yourself it sounds like you knew pretty early on like yeah i think i want to be in the entertainment industry me i waited until uh, being alcoholic for a year or two to figure it all out <laughs> i don't know i mean i i feel like i'm still zeroing in on it i mean entertainment industry is such a big sweeping thing well and and i use that term purposely now because there's i mean there's there's doing a web series or something in new media is no longer like shameful anymore yeah yeah i mean that that's the amazing and terrifying thing about the way that things are now is that you really can do you can find your audience yeah and you can do exactly what you want to do. But because the options are endless for how you want to like share your art, it's really daunting and, and, and scary. Yeah. And I've always fancied myself as a person that's like very pro indie. And, and I used to use that term for music because a lot of the podcasts we did were like we tried to be broadcasters. So we tried to like kind of be like your like your Howard Stern or other radio morning kind of DJs, but like mix in some music and local. We, we are all about local or indie to the kind mm. of broaden horizons outside of Philly. And, but now like 10 years later, it's more about like, well, there's indie authors, there's indie broadcasters, there's indie filmmakers. Like there's everything is indie now. And, and I'm a huge fan of that, but, and, and that's because of all the work you have to do as an indie person like you have to wear 17 different hats to market mm. yourself and whatever it is like everything yeah yeah um, so it's cra- it's crazy and exciting yeah and, and that's like that and that and now that i'm like so because i'm a late bloomer uh and i'm like i'm young i guess at 31 32 i we are on the border of millennial and gen x yeah, and, and I often find myself like with Snapchat, for instance, is this is the go to social media thing I go to. Mm. Like, that's the thing that I look at that I finally realize that, like, I'm becoming my parents or my grandparents <laughs> and say, like, there, this, there's this new technology. I'm kind of scared of it. I don't understand it. Just don't tell, I, get it away from me. Like, yeah, that's so like I'm, that's where I'm poor at like whole the whole like let's let's interact on all the different social medias. I talked to someone recently. They're like, yeah, you want to make sure that you post something different on Facebook and on Twitter and on this <laughs> and that. And I'm like, what? Uh. Like, I just I want to post one thing and have it go everywhere. And he's like, oh, you're not going to get a following that way. I'm like, <sighs> so like it made me have to sit down and say, let me rethink my game plan on life here now. Uh. 
so back to you. Um, <laughs> I don't know where even we left off. If you remember, go ahead. If not. Uh, oh, no, I don't know. No, nope. uh, I mean, <laughs> this is what I, uh, I think we were talking about. Like, so you were into broadcasting uh, as a kid as well. And that's where I interjected. Oh, in yeah. Dopey story. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's it really. I mean, I was just, I, I was really into public radio and, um, when I heard this American life, I, I thought that was the most amazing thing ever. Mm. But before that, like even a, a, as a kid, I was really into, um, these radio plays that I would check out from the yeah. library or like old, old, um, radio comedy shows. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never, I've never like, never really articulated this, but the, the, I I was into all these shows that I thought were so amazing. And I thought it was so amazing that they were free. And I remember trying to show them to my friends or to my brother and no one thought it was as amazing as I did. Mm -hmm. But I, I've always just loved that, uh, quote unquote theater of the mind. (laughs) And I think it's the most intimate medium Um, but it's also, it's also like really, it's really interesting because it's hard to, it's hard to do, it's hard to really understand because the, as you know, like the mood in a room when you're doing an interview or the, this is a little different because we're, we're doing this like without, we're not not in the same room. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but I find always like sometimes interviews that are terrible are then that I think are terrible that. That, that they're then the best and the ones where I've had the most fun, like they, they come across as sarcastic or uh, something else. But uh, I just think it's such a fascinating, amazing thing that you can take. It's, I mean, you could take people with you. That's why I like, I mean, I feel, I feel like I can, I can compliment my own podcast human conversation because it's, it's not just me yeah. and it's, there's, there's zero effort that's put in it. It's just me and Wade Futterman talking about anything. And we made that show just because, that's my favorite kind of podcast yeah. is just sitting in the back of a car yeah. with people that care about each other, talking to each other. Yeah. That's yeah. how I totally like, that's how I, I started off. Like it was something, I guess going back to when I was 16 and like really digging radio, there was like a, the, uh, in Philadelphia, the big rock station now that's sports, but it was uh, YSP. And they were holding like a uh, a contest to be a uh, radio show host, and me and my buddy were like, "Oh, we can uh, totally well, do that!" And we never yeah. did it, of course. We just never did. But like uh-huh. the whole concept of of our original show, even though it was like be broadcasters, like at the end of the day, it was just broken up segments of us talking about what we wanted to talk about, whether we had a microphone in front of us or not. That's what we do. And for years, that's that's the kind of podcast I listen to, like um, Human Conversation. Um, Smodcast with Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier, uh, mm-hmm. tell them Steve, Dave. Th- like these are all shows that are really just people, but like friends sitting around talking, and like yeah, yeah, it's like I get to be a fly on the wall of just a, a, a conversation you would have had with Wayne whether the microphone was on or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like that's I how I started off, and then that kind of like I don't even listen to music anymore. Like I not that I ever was a music person. Uh, I was always more into talk radio uh, or like nine. There was an era in the nineties that I'm very ashamed of the Spice Girls era. That was like my huge (laughs) thing. Don't be ashamed of that. That is totally fine. There is. Oh God. You don't know the level of obsession though. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's it's, luckily in previous podcasts, I've discussed this, but like somewhere it's been lost over the last couple of years. There's a, a three-inch binder. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that is just like a, essentially a scrapbook of my obsession with Spice Girls. I owned the VHS movie, Spice World. <laughs> no, no, it gets worse. I had two copies of it. Oh, my God. Why two copies? I think I you bought think you, one. You lost one, then, then you're like, "Oh God, I got another." Yeah, yeah. Like someone gave me one as a gift, or maybe two people got me. Yeah, I, I got two. <laughs> co- I may have bought one, but I definitely received one as a gift. And I said, well, "I'm not going to take it back because like it's Spice World and it's awesome." Did you? Did you? Was Ginger your favorite? No, <laughs> no, Baby what? Spice. Yeah. Oh, gross! What? <laughs> no. 
Ginger was no, my second. Say. Ginger was my second. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed is the wrong word, but I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Well, I, I, I'm just projecting. I thought Ginger was just like the most amazing thing in the entire world. So I guess I assumed that everyone's favorite was Ginger. Uh, I, most of my buddies, uh, and yeah, uh, it, it was like three or four of us that were just guys that were really into it <laughs> and like would jam out to it. And this is even worse. Uh, my first concert ever was a Spice Girls concert. Well, you went to a Spice Girls. So, so when you were when you were into the Spice Girls and it was the time of the Spice Girls, how did you explain that to friends? Where you're like, no, their music's great, or. <laughs> Baby's hot. Like, what was your what was your line? Uh, well, with with uh, f- close friends that like they were the ones that also liked it. I I want to say we were. It was like we liked the music, but I mm-hmm. thinking back, like not that it's bad, but it's totally not something I don't. I don't think I would be into it now. Like I think I would judge myself for listening to it. But you think you would be into a British girl band now? <laughs> I I don't. <laughs> As opposed that, to when you were. 13 but yeah i think when, when like other guys like jocks or whatever would come up and say is that like i i can't imagine i brought this into school like because I, <laughs> I mean i got beat up for like uh, i never got beat up but i i was that kid that would have gotten beat up for various things and spice right. girls would have been less like the the hammer and the nail like, I love it that you liked it so sincerely that it was a secret. Like it wasn't just like an ironic, like "haha, that's his thing." I, you like, <laughs> there's every now and then, like I, like I, I think I, for some reason, at some point, way too old to do it. I bought like the original album on iTunes just to have it again for some reason. I mean, <laughs> I, I want to say that, that if I did that, it had to be for a parody that I wanted to write. <laughs> I'm hoping, but I, I had it on my phone, well, on my iPod at some point. And, like, I know, like, uh, the one song, To Become One, was always my favorite for whatever reason. Ah. Um, it was it was a big, oh, God, this is, all right, we're going to move on from this. Um, so, save for that, like, that, and then my other musical taste goes to, like, something in a better direction, like Bon Jovi, like, the 80s, like, rock bands. But, <laughs> okay, but still, there's like there's still, a, a gay energy to everything you like, which is great. <laughs> but like a real like showmanship to everything. Well, okay, this isn't gonna get you. We'll, we'll go along this gay track then. Uh, the yeah. so I, I I think this has to do with having kids and being older. But like now, like I cry at everything, like at a drop of a hat. Like uh-huh. I'll watch <laughs> something that's just somewhat emotional that like probably. That, that a 30-some-year-old man shouldn't be crying at. Like, for instance, the, the Muppets movie with Jason Segel. Yeah. <laughs> the end of it, Kermit has... I don't know if you saw that movie. I saw I it. I have, yeah. Okay. So the end of the movie, Kermit has his little speech, his little rally speech. And literally, I uh, we're sitting there watching it in the theater. Um, my son, I think, was in womb at the time. So I don't know how he got away with it. But my, fia- my now fiancé looks at me and says, Art, are you crying? And like there was, uh-huh. <laughs> there was something about Kermit's speech that was just really like, I feel you, man. So, yeah. that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can so so if there's no camera on right now, but I just imagine a lot of judgment on the other side of this conversation. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, uh, I I no I act I I got slightly distracted because there's a bong that kept on happening on my computer and I was trying to fix it. But, uh, but I, but I heard what you said. I feel, well, I, I cry at every, I cry at every Muppet thing. Oh, really? All right. I'm not alone in this. All right. Oh, no, not at all. No, I love, love, love the Muppets. And, uh, yeah, I, I was very pleased. Um, I, I have a, I have a boyfriend who's from Ireland and like, I live kind of near the Jim Henson studios and I was very pleased when he was like really excited just to like stand outside Jim Henson studios. Mm-hmm. We, and we, we swap a lot of like very nerdy, uh, Muppet facts and sing phenomena just walking down the street. So <laughs> I, I hear you. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was. Cause I wanted to, I'm I guess Muppet Babies was probably the biggest thing I was into when I was a kid. As a, really? Yeah, Muppet related. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't really, re- I guess the Muppet movies, too, like, uh, Take Manhattan, and I guess I, I guess I was a Muppet fan when I was a kid. Did you see, um, 
did you did you see the Muppet Show? Because like when when I was a kid, because we're the exact same age, yeah. the Muppet Show was they played it on Nickelodeon. Oh, like, during I, the yeah, day. yeah, 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 yeah. I did watch it. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That was yeah, because Nickelodeon was like at, at some point the only thing I watched because it had yeah. all the awesome shows. And this yeah. is something like now as a parent, like I kind of judge my own. Like uh, my every now and then, my son wants to watch SpongeBob, and like I'll sit there and watch it with him. I'll say this is a lot like Ren and not it's just a, a, a less crude version of Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. And like I'm thinking back to when I watched Ren and Stimpy and I'm like It was crazy. Why <laughs> was, like why was, was I allowed to watch this? <laughs> I think like it's it's such a brilliant cartoon and the and the animation is amazing. Yeah. But it's so scary. It's so crazy that <laughs> that we were allowed to watch that. There's no way There's that, that in 2016 they would show that. No, no way. No. And no. Do, do you remember when they brought uh, Ren and Stimpy back on MTV? Uh, yes, I do. I yeah. think it was 01. So, so we were yeah. on the cusp of adulthood. And yeah, yeah I, all <laughs> I remember from that is like, all right, Ren and Stimpy's coming back. It's going to be great. And the only thing I remember is Ren standing behind Simpy saying, I'm the pitch screaming. I'm the pitcher. You're the catcher. I'm the pitcher. You're the catcher. <laughs> and, I, and I'm, I'm watching it. I'm like, this, this is, this isn't Ren and Stimpy. Like, I guess it, maybe I just, I don't know. Maybe I just forgot what it was about, but like, whew, it was bad on MTV. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like, because I, I, I have a, I think everyone, maybe not everyone, but I've, I feel like most people have like a cool uncle. Yeah. Most people. Like there's like a lame uncle and then there's like a cool uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, ha- I have an uncle who's a record producer oh, who's cool. just like really cool. And when I was a kid, he, like he got me a, for Christmas, he always got me the coolest presents. He got me a, a paint palette telephone and I wasn't allowed to have a telephone and my parents like put it in storage for five years before I was allowed to use it but it was like the coolest gift ever anyway he was really into Ren and Stippy so I would watch it or I would try to watch it because of him but it scared me like he like (laughs) like, even at like 12 or 13 when it shouldn't have scared me like I I can still hear going to hear the theme song in my head and just like scrambling for the remote like no please i don't want to be scared that's funny and I, I, yeah i uh go ahead i'm sorry oh, i was gonna say same with are you afraid of the dark oh that was a great show too i don't think yeah yeah i don't remember any like i can say for without a shadow of a doubt running sippy was never like oh i'm scared but maybe are you afraid of the dark i don't really see that show i don't remember i I used to. I, there was a brief period of time where I wrestled, and I like I hit my head a lot on various objects. So I don't. I have I have a poor memory when it comes to my childhood. Uh, oh jeez, that's such a tragic thing to just throw into a conversation. No, it was. I I will. <laughs> my brain damage prevents me from remembering. But anyway, let's continue this jovial conversation about childhood. But well, see, uh, it is a jovial thing because I could have been doing heroin as a teenager. Right, Instead, right. I just said, "Hit me in the head with that chair, and we're good to go." Perfect. Hey there, it's Kev. Just taking a quick break from the show to thank both returning super friends and new super friends to the show. Uh, You guys make it possible for me to sit down and talk to people like Aaron McGathy. Um, Y'all stepped up uh, to, to, to make this possible, really. And hopefully you guys continue to help support the show. Uh, all I'm looking to do is really is have awesome conversations with awesome people. And, um, Aaron McGathy is definitely was like on a list that I never thought I'd get. And I did. So hopefully I can get more of those type of people on the show. That'd be fantastic. Um, we're going to have, I have a lineup of people on the show. I record interviews almost twice a week. So we have a lot of interviews coming down the pipe, uh, with interesting people, uh, and interesting conversations. What we're going to get to here next, uh, in the show, just, uh, with Aaron McGathy here is, uh, about Ireland. So, uh, get ready for that. This is where, this is my favorite part of the conversation coming up. Uh, and I, I just wanted to interrupt the show briefly just to, Thank everybody. Um, you know, thank you guys. Thank Aaron. Thank Potty. Uh, everyone involved. That, that I, this, uh, if you guys can't tell, this is definitely 
um, a highlight for me. I, I really enjoyed this interview. Um, you know, obviously it's a highlight to have Aaron on the show, but what happened at the end of it was that we had a good uh, conversation and we had a good interview and, and, um, that's what I wanted. And it happened. Like I, I just could not be happier with how everything panned out. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know. You might be able to hear it in my voice. I don't know, but I'm smiling ear to ear. Um, and that's thanks to everyone, not just Aaron McGathy. Uh, you know, she's, she's the one that said yes and, and, and whatnot. Um, and, and, you know, with help from potty to get it booked, and, uh, but it all goes back to you guys, the super friends, um, you guys made it possible and hopefully you guys can continue to help make that possible with talking to new and cool, interesting people on the show by, uh, you know, just listening to the show, telling a friend, uh, you know, what also helps leaving a quick review on iTunes, a uh, five-star review, uh, will make us look great. And iTunes math will get us in front of more people, which means we get to do more things like this and have more conversations and hopefully do a live show. Maybe I'll have news about that coming soon. Uh, uh, you know, for the Philadelphia Podcast Fest, I'm hoping to be part of that. Anyway, let's go on with the show. Uh, to wrap up our conversation with Aaron McGathy, let's go back to past Kev, past Aaron, as we talk about Ireland and all the magical things that come with it. Uh, so uh, now are you, I know you relocated to Ireland, right? Yes. So I'm not physically there right now, but I have an apartment there. And what I'm doing is applying for an artist visa. And if that doesn't work, then I'm going to do something else. But, um, but yeah, I'm trying to, it's, it's a weird thing because it's such a big choice moving to another country. Yeah. So it's it's weird talking about it because really ha- where I am right now is that I I want I want to live there. My plan is to move there. I I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I also like have some work down the line in Los Angeles, so I'll have mm. to still come back. But right now, I still really love Ireland, and I'm, I actually miss it right now. And I've never missed a location before. And that's something like you when you came back from Ireland for everyone that listens to to uh your shows uh, and i guess specifically it was human conversation you just heard like the love and that's like that's a place <laughs> i, I want to visit hardcore like I, it's uh, the best. <laughs> I am obviously very irish uh much like yourself but based off your last name and and uh that is like just a, a dream place for me to go visit is like i want to go like I think to the point where like, I, I, I was like, I, I know somewhere in the Gallagher line, like I have relatives over there that probably own a castle. Like I, I have to have a castle. Yeah, so, I've definitely, I definitely met Gallagher's over there. <laughs> like one of my biggest tragedies was finding out that my name is actually, not a big tragedy, it didn't actually matter, but everyone in Ireland, when they hear my name, they do a double take because Aaron means Ireland. Yes. And, uh, by the way, there's no, there are no Irish people named Aaron. (laughs) So it's very much, very much an Irish American thing, which I learned is a big thing that there's Irish American culture and then there's Irish culture and they're very different. And it's very funny, like realizing how much stuff I've taken for granted growing up as an Irish American as Irish things. And then later finding out that like, no, they don't have corned beef in Ireland. (laughs) It's not. It's a different thing. Is is yeah, it but, uh, is it really a bunch? Like, are, do they drink as much as the stereotype is over there? They do. Yes, they do. Uh, but like, and even more so than you would think. But it's but it's different. Like their relationship with alcohol is so 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 different from ours. Um, yeah. How so? Well, I mean, it like the United States is very. I think it change, it's it's different city to city in the United mm-hmm. States, and and I live in Los. Well, I'm currently in Los Angeles, and I've lived in Los Angeles for the last ten years. So I don't know. It's like in Philadelphia, but um, it's it's so shameful over here, yeah. and our bars are dark, and it's a like we go on like benders and stuff. Uh, it's a different it's a different thing. It's totally like, not like that in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's much it's usually jovial 
<laughs> in Philly. Right. So, so maybe you get, cause I, cause I think there's, I think in Chicago, there's kind of a similar, and there, I mean, there are a lot of, uh, Irish immigrants in Chicago yeah. and pr- probably also in Philadelphia. Maybe it's just a different thing, but like o- over there, it's not people, people don't take themselves as seriously as we do in Los Angeles. Um, and I think in the United States in general, but like, especially in Los Angeles. And so going out and drinking and like making an ass of yourself, isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. I think I get along real fine in Ireland. Like that's, <laughs> that's Philadelphia and Philadelphia and my early to mid twenties. Like that's, let's just yeah. get hammered and not care. <laughs> but the, but it's, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's like as, it's it's an interesting thing because if you talk to Irish people about it, they don't they don't really see it the same way because they because there's also like shame around not drinking over there, which is frustrating. Like you'll hear people in Ireland over and 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 my apologies to anyone listening who's Irish that I'm like trying to generalize your culture <laughs> after only living there for like collectively five months. But you're an expert. I mean, out of the two of us, you're an expert. <laughs> but the. It, it seems like there's more shame around not having a drink. Uh, and so like, you'll hear, I've heard, this is anecdotal evidence. You hear all the time people saying, uh, Oh, I can't, I, I can't have a drink. I'm on antibiotics, mm. <laughs> which isn't, which is like, it's actually like a joke over there, but yeah. also what people actually say, and they're not on antibiotics. They just, for whatever reason, don't want to, drink and they don't want but they also don't want to shame you for drinking whereas over here i mean los angeles is a universe unto itself but it but it's almost like oh so-and-so's not drinking cool (laughs) oh no 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 just a soda water for me i'm blah 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 um and uh in ireland there's a whole there's there's a whole culture there's a whole notion of notions like you're not meant to have notions. Like mm. who do you think you are? Like relax. Like you don't just, if you want to have a drink, have a drink. Yeah. So, so it must be very hard to be an alcoholic in Ireland, but there, but there are still people on that are sober and, and everything. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, it's I, just uh, yeah. That's, uh, I, I know like my, my, uh, dad's side of the family, like they, visit often and uh, i'm always jealous and like that's something i've talked about with the fiance i was like i want to go to dublin like i want to go visit ireland and see everything and she said you have a four-year-old and a two-year-old they're not they're gonna hate every minute of it they want to go to see they want to see mickey mouse so it's like uh i have to wait a minimum of 10 years to go visit like take a family well and i disagree i think kids would enjoy ireland also you can take kids into pubs (laughs) <laughs> that's an actual thing that's amazing I, well i i i mean i uh you're this is not to dis- disagree with your fiance but to maybe open up your idea about ireland my favorite memories as a kid are exploring um like like a forest yeah. or hearing stories about fairies mm-hmm. and at ireland like they there's so much it's the countryside is so beautiful that I think it's pretty exciting for a kid because it's it's so green and it feels so much like you're in some sort of enchanted place. And on mm. top of that, the people who live there like believe it's an enchanted place mm. and they actually like my boyfriend says he doesn't believe in fairies, but he like he won't do certain things because he doesn't want to upset the fairies. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. It, <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, can we elaborate on, so there's, uh, I don't, I don't want to, religion's not the right word. There's a, a belief system in fairies like that they'll. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So fairies are a big deal and it's not fairies like you'd imagine like a, like a little pixie fairy, like fairies are all different kinds of things. And the idea with fairies, according to Irish folklore is that when, uh, when when God was fighting the devil and the angels had to pick sides, there were some angels who decided to side with God and they remained angels. And there are some angels that decided to side with Satan and they became demons. And there were some that were like, eh, and those are fairies. 
That's th- that's me in that equation. If I had it, I'm just not going to fight. <laughs> and so they have they have all these different powers and folklores. Like the leprechaun is a fairy, and there there are all these different all these different things. Like there's a fairy. Oh God! If my boyfriend listens to this, he's going to be so frustrated with me because we've talked about this so many times. Because I've made him tell me about so many stories. But there's a, for example, there's a certain fairy that is the fairy. He's like a trickster fairy. So oh. if you're out drinking and you're, he, what he'll do is if you're out drinking and you and you need to come home to your wife, like your intent, Kevin, is to just go home to your wife. But he instead knocks you out and drops you in a bush somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then you wake up in the morning and you're like, ah, that fairy. So that's a thing. <laughs> that, I feel like that one is just a convenience. Oh, well, absolutely. But I'm just <laughs> saying, like, this is, like, part of the culture. That's but that, fantastic. That like, yeah. that's I, – I would <laughs> I would study <laughs> – like, I want to go down a rabbit hole now over the next, cor- the next few days just to – I. I'm speechless. Oh, it's very cool. Like if you, I mean, if you're into tabletop games, it's yeah. it's really exciting. Like you've heard about the banshee. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you hear if you hear the banshee, that means that someone around you is going to die. Like that's yeah, a that's that what a thing. I know. Like yeah, yeah. And like my my boyfriend, whose name is Potty, which is short for a Potterig, he when he was growing up, like would hear like you know the wind whistling because he grew up on a farm in Limerick, and he he really thought that someone nearby was dying. Like that was, that was a thing. Um, and he, as a living, growing up on a farm blessed, like every May on May day would bless the fields with holy water to keep the fairies from fucking with the field. I, I feel like if I ever, like when you met uh potty for the first time, did you, did you just ask him to tell you stories? Like, for, <laughs> like I would sit there with my chin in my hands, just looking at him as he tells me. Like, I would want to know every story. Uh, yeah, I mean, not yeah, not when I first met him. I actually like when I went to Dublin for the first time. I went to this um, to this dinner, which was hosted by this storyteller, and I forget the the Irish word for storytellers but this is also a thing is that, that like they're great at telling stories and they're also by capita so funny they're just like every everyone in ireland is really funny which is which is why doing comedy in ireland is extra fun and extra challenging because everyone's like i'm funny what's your what's your deal so, but, so um, how does how, how does that feel as a performer like doing because you've obviously done most of that uh in the states at the very least versus in ireland is that like yeah. Do you have to perform differently? Uh, no, actually, like performing in Ireland is like performing in the best alternative comedy venue where all the audience sees comedy all the time. Okay. Like everybody is funny enough that you can you don't have to do broad stuff like they wouldn't they wouldn't want you to do broad, super broad jokes mm. Or like club jokes or whatever, they'd be like, "Oh, well, we've heard this." Like they want you to be kind of weird. I mean, Ireland's great because it's a it's a real like underdog country, and that attitude permeates everything. So, I mean, they'll let you know if you're not funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm still I'm still I'm still figuring it out, yeah. but. Uh, but but by and large, it's it's way more fun performing there. But the, I mean, I don't know. This is I also like really identify with Irish culture and stuff. So I, I don't know if that's just me. I I feel like in another life, like I need to like I would have I would be living in Ireland. Like this <laughs> is it's and you made it sound like a cool place to live before, and I've always wanted to visit. But you're really selling me on Ireland, like. <laughs> It's there's a serious conversation about going to Canada if Trump is elected. I may move right. back to Ireland because I don't know if I can handle that going on in the states. And yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they um, there's an island off of Ireland. Uh, I forget what it's called. I think it starts with a B. But they their mayor announced that they would welcome any American oh. refugees if Trump was elected. I did. I, I I think it was you that sent that tweet out. 
Uh, oh yeah, or I don't know if I tweeted about. It. I, I definitely mentioned it. I don't know, but yeah, that's, I heard it that's somewhere, that's... and it had to be from you because you're the only one that talks about Ireland. Uh, <laughs> that I listen to, I should say, or or even now, I, no, yeah, only. No, one. I think I am. I mean, like I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anyone else who's decided to move to Ireland. Like even Irish people are like, "What are you doing? Like, well, why are you?" Well, and yeah. the, the the like the overall what and I guess environment atmosphere is it's it's compared to la like a is it a dreary drearier place like is it no darker no uh, is that no. scotland that's darker i don't know i'm confusing my foreign like lands now well here's the thing is it's well ireland's really really temperate mm-hmm. and it is cloudy a lot of the time but it's like in in los angeles like i the, the weather is fine and forgive me because I've grown up mostly in Southern California. So I have not, I've, I've spent a little bit of time like in Chicago during the winter and that, and that's just like insanity. <laughs> I, I can't, I, I, I couldn't imagine, but, um, I love, I love cloudy weather and I love rainy weather and I love being able to see and cause when it's bright, you can't see, yeah. And, and I don't like sunglasses are fine. This is sounds, I sound ridiculous, but like the, I don't like wearing sunglasses. I don't like my color, my color range being limited. Um, but actually the, the more accurate sentence would be that I like walking around in Dublin, not wearing sunglasses, being able to see everything and being outside and being comfortable. Yeah. And that's, that's all the time in Dublin. I also love wearing jackets I'm not a tank top person. I've never said out loud ever like, oh, good. It's hot enough for me to wear blank. Like, I don't, I, I have fat arms. Like, I like jackets and I want to be, I, I want to be in a romantic place. My ideal uh, outfit is a hoodie and basketball shorts. Like, <laughs> like I'll shovel in basketball shorts in the winter uh, because I don't, pants are horrible. But I also like I, I'm, I'm as a I'm Irish. Like I, my dad's a hundred percent Irish. My mom is like just a complete mutt. And my dad was the first one in the family to like marry a non-pure blood, blood Irish lady. Yeah. So like she ruined my my blood. But <laughs> she ruined my blood. Uh, are your are your grandparents were your grandparents born in Ireland? Uh, so no, my grandparents uh, on my dad's side were born here. But my great okay. well, I was gonna say you get you could get citizenship. I'm the same way. My great grandparents, yeah, which is which sucks because if I if it was your grandparents, you can get citizenship. Like just like hey, I have grandparents that were born here. Yeah, and you get dual citizenship. Mother, that's fed. I went. Yeah, I really yeah. Just, uh, it's you're selling it. It's like it's such a great <laughs> place. I mean, it, it, that doesn't benefit me, but that's fantastic. You know, and they care about people. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. going to sell it that more. would be a huge difference than, than Philly. I, let me tell you, uh, mm-hmm. I, I used to travel for work uh, years ago. And I used to be that, like, I, I thought, like, we all, like, Philadelphia and Dallas and, like, Washington and New York, we all had, like, a friendly, like, oh, my team is better than your team when it comes to, to football especially. Uh, and so when the first time I traveled to Dallas for work, I, uh, I went down, I was, I was like, I'm going to dress up. I'm going to wear my Eagles hat, my Eagles Jersey. I want to be a, such a complete dickhole. And like, it's going to be great. We're going to argue with each other. <laughs> I went to like a Dunkin' Donuts to grab a coffee or something in when I landed in Dallas, smiling ear to ear. Cause I'm dressed like an Eagles fan and like thinking that the dude would say something and he was the nicest guy in the world. And I'm like, <laughs> we really are assholes. Like no one from Dallas would come here like this. Like I'm the asshole. Yeah. Right so like, yeah, that's <laughs> the, uh, the difference. We may have the jovial drinking like Ireland. Totally. I mean, we, th- we throw batteries at Santa Claus. So, uh, <laughs> it's, we're not as, as, uh, nice to people, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how to, I, I think I, I haven't lived there long enough to really quantify how nice everyone is. I mean, maybe, maybe everyone's being falsely nice and I'll 
discover it. I feel like I, I mean, know. they believe in fairies. It's a magical place. It's literally <laughs> the enchanted forest that you read about in, in storybooks. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I do think it's great. Also, everyone talks about death a lot, which like weirdly is super comforting in a way. Yeah. See, and that worries me. Cause like, I have this huge fear of death. <laughs> like, well, I... like, yeah, it's, it's nice though. I think it also makes everything funnier. It's just, people are, people just are, are more, it makes everyone like relax about everything a little bit more because someone's, someone's always just died. Mm. So people don't take themselves or anything too seriously. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, uh, that like when something happens to me, I instantly think it's death related. So like I have this huge fear of death. So comforting, like uh, that would be an awkward <laughs> feeling to have, like to be com- like to finally have comfort in the fact that I'm going to die one day. Cause I plan on living forever. Like that's what I want. Right. Uh, Why do you think you have a big fear of death? I don't know. Like I, li- there's, there's times where, uh, like as long as I could remember where I'll think, like I'll think about like, I wonder what it's like with like when when you die. Like, what is it? And because I have like a a weird relationship with religion and God, and you know, I I I guess I'm Catholic on paper, but I I kind of have my own belief system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that belief system is nothing. Like, I just I don't think there's anything. But like, and that's what when I'm thinking about it, like, hmm, like, do I literally just close my eyes one day and there's nothing? And that's what frightens me. Like, there's nothing. Like, I'm just right. there's, there's no consciousness. It just all like you go to sleep and have no dreams forever, and like that frightens me because I, I I guess uh, I don't know. I, I have uh, I, I guess I have this like fascination with like being not the center of attention, but like almost the center of attention. <laughs> Um, okay. and, uh, like the fact that, I mean, I would be for that day that like everyone's celebrating my death or I guess mourning my death. Not be sure. weird if they're celebrating it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like say, so after that, like after that day, I'm no longer the center of attention or near the center of mm-hmm. attention. It's just, it's a weird, uh, fear that I have. That well, it's, it's hard let to me explain. sell you on Ireland with, with one, one more point, which is that because they talk so much about death they still recognize people who have died and they do anniversary masses every year. And they talk about the people who have died constantly and have their pictures everywhere because they are more open about death. Whereas here when someone dies, like my mom died and after my mom and my family's Irish American and we did like a half sea wake and then Everything that reminded everyone of her, or sorry, what a weird grammatic turn of phrase. Everything that that reminded my dad of her and everything that was hers got like swept up and donated to Goodwill. Just like, oh no, we got to move on. We got to be like, no, everybody's got to move on, which I think is a very American thing. Like we don't, we don't want to get stuck in, in mourning. Mm -hmm. But in Ireland, because they're so much more accepting of death, it's not it's not like this crazy thing, like this illness that everyone has to get to get over. Like when I met Potty's family, his mom like, well, first of all, while I was there, like with dinner, at, at dinner, like four four deaths were mentioned, just casually at dinner, oh, which wow. was kind of funny. But that <laughs> which is a little much. It was a yeah, little much. I mean, but that, if that's <laughs> yeah. like first conversation I'm having with my my new significant other's family i'd be yeah. I, I would be taken aback <laughs> it's also it's also like a like a like a trope with um irish moms is that they call and ask you if you knew so and so and then you say no no i no i didn't know so and so and then she insists that you did and that they've died but i've had three different friends, including my boyfriend who I've witnessed this happen where a mom, where a mom calls and is like, no, no, you knew them. They're dead now. And, and being like, no, no, I didn't know them. I didn't, I was in another class. I don't know them. Um, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. My boyfriend's mom was, was really insistent that I look at her brother's picture because her brother had just died six months before. Okay. Um, but the attitude was, attitude was just totally different. And I think more, healthy 
Yeah, I mean, if they're going to erect a statue after I die, I mean, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm going to Ireland again. Uh, I mean, you, you, you grew up Catholic. Do you do American Catholics do um, anniversary masses? Uh, so I grew up, I mean, it was, it, I didn't go to, ch- I went to church every week for a limited time. And I don't think so. Like, from what I remember, another kind of thing that I've blocked out from the, the chair shots is is that, era in my life because i was never really into church i was my problem with 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 re- religion was like the force of, the, like the the idea you had to go there otherwise you're going to hell or just right. little things that like i mean i can really I literally talk to this guy anywhere that i'm at like why do i have to do it here uh or gal guy or gal um <laughs> Uh, and um so i don't know i don't think we do and if we do it's Certainly not in my family, um, because if someone said, let's celebrate someone, like, I mean, at, at most we celebrate by visiting graves and right. not even me. Like, I don't do that. Like, I, again, because I have a weird thing with death where like, it's, it's, I, I don't want to be reminded that I'm going to die one day. And like, yeah. at thir- now that like, I'm, I never really was that guy that was like, oh, this is going to kill me. Like I was pretty reckless as a kid. Like I like mm. drink like I used to like no one should do this. Don't do this, kids. But like I used to drink and drive on a regular basis. Mm. And like so many stupid things that I did to that could have killed me. But now like at thirty one going on thirty two, like just even the thought of death, like I'm just like now or like I get a paper cut and I'm like, I think I might be dying. <laughs> like this is serious like, is it's turning green. <laughs> uh, and so like every little thing like just freaks me out now and and I part of that could be the kids too I don't know it's either age or kids or yeah I'm a big old puss have you have you ever had anyone really close to you die yeah yeah um my aunt uh my mom's sister now we didn't really get along when I was younger but she so she had an issue with um seizures and um she had some sort of brain surgery at UPenn and like that we came close after that because she like li- literally became a different person and was nice and no longer hated me or what I assumed <laughs> was, was hate. And, right. um, and then she, she suddenly died like from, ha- from a seizure in the middle of a store. Um, and my grandmother, uh, but she, she died of more so old age than anything else. Um, maybe a bad mm-hmm. kidney or something. Um, and like, I, like I was emotional about that obviously, but what, this is really telling of like how I take death is like when Robin Williams passed away, it fucking hit me mm-hmm. so much. Like I would say, I as think that hard. hit a, a lot of people. Yeah, so I think everyone was really surprised with how. Yeah, I yeah. I same, have same. on on my phone. I have a um, I I use my phone sometimes to record like solo podcasts or like intros or whatever. So I have this app that does high quality recording. And I have a uh, like twenty minute to thirty minute podcast I've recorded on my own on August twelfth of twenty fourteen. That's mm. literally me just talking about his death and like how it affected me and like me. I, I break down and cry during it, uh, of course. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like that. Like the only two deaths that like affect me is literally him and my grandmother's death were the only ones I cried at. Like my aunt was a different story, but. And that's you know what my I have a my best friend said when I freaked out about Robin Williams dying he said you you don't have anyone that died close to you right I'm like well I mean my my grandmother I guess and I lived with my grandmom so it's different like mm-hmm. for the longest time I lived with her so she, so she was it was just like living with it was like kind of like my mom dying mm-hmm. this this podcast got like super gloomy all of a sudden <laughs> um, so no it's like. Uh, so do you have a hard out? Um, I, I, oh, I do in about five minutes. Okay. So, uh, well, thank you for doing the show. Uh, obviously I know you have your tour coming up and by when this episode airs, it's like the, you're starting in a couple of days. This is going to be June 29th that this releases. Um, so you can probably still get tickets for the later shows in July, but yeah, you're, you want to talk about that real quick before you go? Sure. Yeah. I'm going on tour across the United States. Um, going to Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Austin, Pensacola, St. Louis, Chicago, and New York. Was that that uh, all for memory? Yep. I'm impressed. 
right, <laughs> that's what happens when you book your own tour <laughs> um and uh tickets for that are on erinmcgathy.com also i'm doing the french festival in scotland if you're in the uk in uh, august yeah, I uh, I am sad that you're not coming to the Philadelphia area because I was I was gonna I was I was waiting for the tour dates to drop and I was like, oh, oh man I I almost I was I was very I was very close to booking a, a Philadelphia date. Ooh, see that Philly, you lost out. You lost out. <laughs> um, all right. Next time I'll do another tour. Next time. Awesome, awesome. I will be there, guaranteed. Um, thank you for doing this uh, this podcast and this Thanks interview. For having me. Um, what at Aaron McGathy on all the social medias, I assume. Yep. Yep. That's easy. Uh, thank you for doing the show. If you ever want to do it again, please let me know or have Paulie let me know. Uh, and I would love to talk to you again when you have more to say. I, I'm sure we do. It sounds like <laughs> we just scratched the surface. I feel. Uh, yeah. So uh, thank you for doing the show. Uh, you can check out Aaron, as we said, on at Aaron McGathy on all the social medias, AaronMcGathy.com for all the tour dates for This Feels Terrible Live. And you can find this show on uh, Twitter at RealAwesomePod. You can find me on Twitter at HHWST. So for Everything is Awesome, I'm Kev, and we'll see you here on AwesomePodcast.com. Everything is Awesome is produced by Crude Humor Studios. For more information about the podcast, please visit us online at AwesomePodcast.com. Or if you're interested in advertising on the show, please email us at advertising at CrudeHumorStudios.com. Stream and download all episodes on iTunes. While you're there, please consider leaving a five-star review. If you're a fan of the show, please let us know by following us on Twitter and Instagram at ThatEntertains. Guys, guys. Holy crap. I just I just like talked to one of my major gets. The the butterflies are now gone. I drank a little bit during that uh to help me get through it. Aaron was wonderful. Uh oh my gosh. Uh again, I don't know if this is something that I'm going to include in the podcast, but whew, it was so much fun. So much fun. I'm so happy that uh, everything pound out good, pound out, pound out good. So, see, I mean, you have kids, you, you drink and you get a little sloppy. I'm so happy that everything turned out good. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, if this makes it into the podcast again, thank you, Aaron. Um, it was, uh, literally a dream come true to sit down and talk to you uh so now that's just two more two more i gotta get uh kevin smith and aisha tyler i'm coming back for you uh to do some podcasts uh with you oh so much fun so much fun um all right i'm gonna end this now